Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show. It's for you and about you. Those of you that work so hard for your money and you want your money to start working harder for you right now. You want that cash flow and prosperity today, not 30 or 40 million years from now, but right now so you can live that life that you love with those you love. But most importantly, it's not just about getting rich. It's about enriching the lives of others because as you are able to create more wealth and prosperity for yourself, you can bless more lives. And guys, thank you so much for allowing me to create a ripple effect for you. I appreciate you guys always tuning in. You're, you've been binging on these episodes. You've been sharing it with other people. You guys have just been awesome. And I really appreciate it because, you know, again, we can't create this ripple effect through your lives and the lives of others if it weren't for you. So thank you so much for tuning in. As a reminder, be sure to go to our website. If you haven't done this already, go to our passive income calculator, check that out, see what your number could be, how much you can create in passive income this year. So be sure to go to moneyripples.com to check that out. And if it's awesome, great. Go and contact us and see what we can do to help further help you there and, and actually make that a real, real results, not just fake numbers. So go check that out. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income from making at least double digit returns on your money and get this, it's only $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually earn double digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA friendly, and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money too. So guys, if, you're, if you wanna learn more about that, go check out securedinvestmentcorp.com. That's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. All right, guys, so I've got a, an, a guest that I don't think I've ever had on the show, or if I did, it was like years ago. So you guys probably haven't even gone that far back, but um, this is so important, so timely right now because we're going into tax time, right? And always the question people are like, oh, I hate my CPA or I hate my accountant. What do I do? And what do we do with all the government? You know, whether they want to tax me to death or not and all this kind of stuff, right? All this uncertainty out there. And I thought this is the time we got to bring on a CPA. And so you guys have been asking for it. You're now getting it. I'm bringing on John Briggs here. Now, John Briggs is the CEO of Insight Tax, uh, has several CPAs and accountants working for him under his, uh, under his belt, you know, on his team. He tightens the belt on them, you know, especially when they're, they're being rowdy and, and not being good. But uh, this tax time, time of year, you know, obviously there's a lot of questions. want to be able to bring John on to help answer a lot of those that I think you guys would have as well. So, John, welcome to our show today. Chris, thanks for having me. I'm I'm happy to be here too. Speaking to your Ripplers, I love that. I love the having your unique name for a group. It's awesome. I love it. I know it's kind of fun. How they're really cool people. You'll like them. So, uh, well, well, tell us a little bit more about your background and just you know how it even led down this path to where you are today. Um, so I have a master's degree in tax from BYU. It's one of the best accounting programs in the country, and um, that got me a. Uh, opportunity to work at Deloitte. Mm -hmm. Deloitte is a traditional firm. 
like many companies, not just in accounting, but uh, they don't treat their people very well. Mm -hmm. uh, they basically cover up all the crap they give you with golden handcuffs, right? We've heard that phrase mm -hmm. before. Anyways, I, I learned a lot from that experience, but um, some of the stuff I learned, I didn't really love that aspect of accounting and I didn't feel good about pursuing that path. Mm -hmm. uh, during college, I worked at a door to door sales company, took that job out of college. That was a great experience of learning about the importance of profit and cash flow because that company yeah. did $30 million in revenue the same year it declared bankruptcy. And of course, we can talk about that if, if you want. I love talking about that. Um, yeah. Then I went back to my roots, joined a neighbor's firm, was a bit too family driven, um, ended up going on my own. And from there, uh, I have a firm now, we're 37. Um, that includes three interns right now. But uh, one of the things that, you know, you're the anti-planner, right? Mm -hmm. um, we're kind of the anti-traditional firm. We yeah. are very open about our disdain for the government. It's specifically how they spend our money because it is our money mm -hmm. uh, funding decisions. We don't actually have control over making. We just have control over who we would like to be the one who makes those decisions. And yeah. honestly, I don't care what side people fall. Uh, most of the people we thought would be good at making the decisions ended up being liars during their marketing strategy called campaigning. Um, and so our focus is always to help clients keep as much money in their pocket as possible, because that will always be the best thing for our economy. Um, and anyway, yeah. so I, I'm wearing a, my, one of my favorite shirts. It says IRS sucks. Um, <laughs> the way we just, that, that's a little bit about me and who we are. <laughs> that just tells you about our personalities. Yours IRS sucks. Mine's, you know, cash flow creates freedom, right? You know, nice. so, uh, that's right. We all got our t-shirts today. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, that's great. Well, uh, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you that on this because, uh, I mean, I, I see a lot of accountants. One of my biggest peeves with accountants is that they're so passive, right? They, they pretty much just say, send me your numbers. Here's your tax bill. Like what, what makes your firm different in that way? Yeah. I love that. Uh, we call it the plug and chug mentality. Like, Hey, <laughs> give me the numbers. I'll plug it in. And then I keep chugging along. And you know that because when you email me, I'm not really responding to you. Um, yeah. I also, we, we get a lot of new clients just because they don't hear from their CPA in a timely fashion. Um, so, so it, you know, there was a study done years ago and I confidence been repeated since, but they asked a bunch of people, what is your, like, what skills do you prefer to see in a financial professional? Yeah. Interestingly enough, being good at the actual financial service that you're paying them for was like number seven on the list. <laughs> number one was communication. Yeah. I just want to hear from them. Mm -hmm. And I especially want a response in a timely manner. So one of the things that makes us unique is that we actually have as one of our overall focuses, inciting communication and insight as in the word to cause to action, just like our firm's name. We mm -hmm. want to cause communication to happen as much as possible. As an example, just this last week, we sent out a mass email to our clients, letting them know, in case you've forgotten, because I know that your life is going on, there is mm -hmm. a March 15th deadline for your business return. Right. And, you know, while we can extend and we will certainly extend you, 
if that extension doesn't happen or something goes wrong, the IRS can penalize you. Yep. Uh, you know, and a lot of our clients appreciate that. Some clients got some angst over it, like, oh my gosh, but what do you need from me? I, I, it's like, okay, we have time. Calm down. It shouldn't breathe. be a surprise. But we're just, we're being proactive with our communication with you so that you know what is going on because we understand that your life is happening. You're running your business. You're trying mm -hmm. to grow your wealth. Um, and that's taking a lot of your time as well. It should be. You should be able yeah. to rely on your accountant to remind you of the important deadlines in case you forget. Exactly. No, I, I love that. Like, uh, I, I know the typical accounting timeframe is usually they'll try to respond back within 24 to 48 weeks, you know, <laughs> yeah. something like that, right? That's right. <laughs> that's uh, it's pretty sad that it happens that way. Um, you know, you mentioned like, of course, the IRS sucks, you know, and, uh, you know, we're, and we're already hearing stuff like, hey, are they going to pass this tax bill finally or not? It keeps getting trumped by, you know, our good old friend in West Virginia, which is great because uh, I mean, he's stopping some pretty bad stuff from passing. But, you know, how do people prepare for that? I mean, what are they going to do? Because I, I get people all the time saying, well, should I cash out my IRA this year or should I wait? Like, what's going to happen? Is it going to be better or worse for me? Well, and unfortunately, I don't have a great answer for you. Mm -hmm. um, it, this is why the government sucks. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say over the last 12 years, um, most presidents and congresses have made decisions so, so late in the game that mm -hmm. it was impossible to plan for them. Like we're talking about many times, like a decision could be made right now, for example, that applies to 2021's tax year. Yeah. Even though, I mean, you guys probably have are familiar with this. Um, Biden wanted to assess a capital gains tax. And when it passes, he's already saying like, when it passes, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be retroactive, you know, for time in the past. And, and that actually was really bad for our economy because then you had a bunch of people freaking out and selling a bunch of their stuff needlessly uh -huh. just because they wanted to avoid some extra tax. Mm -hmm. um, and now they're in a scenario where, <laughs> anyways, um, and it didn't end up passing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So I, I wish there was a better way for us to be able to plan around the crap that Congress tries to send to us, um, mm -hmm. whether it passes or doesn't pass. And there's not. And thank goodness there are at least two sides to the aisle. I wish they would both get along a little bit better. Um, mm -hmm. I think it would make planning a lot easier. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's not the case. They have created a massive divide, uh, us first them mentality. And I hope as mm -hmm. Americans, we can do our best to not encourage the us first them mentality, but let's, let's embrace a we mentality and, and find some good outcomes. But until then, planning for taxes, it, it almost, it's not even worth the effort to stress about it until something passes. Like you just... It's not. I mean, if we're yeah. thinking about specifically the Biden capital gains thing and whatever the crap he's mm -hmm. calling it, um, his marketing slogan for his crap strategy, um, <laughs> it it's changed already over the course of twelve months by probably fifty to a hundred times. Yeah, uh, you know, and he's even getting in trouble from his side who supports mm -hmm. him. So, it, I wish there was a better answer. I'm sorry. No, that's actually a great response. You know, I mean, amen to that because it's it's true. Like we get all worked up, we get all stressed. Like, well, how do we plan this? The truth is that they came and plan it. <laughs> so until they figure their crap out, 
you know, we just got to do what we got to do and, and hope for the best. Right. Well, and like, you've taught me this too, or, you know, cause I don't, if you guys don't know this, Chris and I go way back, we've known each other for years. We've been a part um, of some of the same organizations. I've gotten a lot of training from a lot of the organizations he's been a part of. Mm-hmm. And ultimately it comes down to, we should never let the uncertainty, especially the scenario of like terrible government human beings dictate how we focus on our creation and being producers and creating wealth. And like you said in the beginning, enriching the lives of others and ourselves. Let's just focus on that. And when we have concrete information we can make decisions on, then let's make decisions on that concrete information. But at this point, when you guys hear crap in the media, that's really all it is. Every media Mm -hmm. outlet, like not everyone, but most of the main ones that you're listening to have an agenda on either side. And Mm -hmm. You just, you can't believe the spin that they're touting and just consider it hearsay. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, these are just current rumors that are being spread until there's actual concrete things that we can base on. Just enjoy the hearsay and the circus, okay? Just enjoy it. And let's make decisions when we know what we can base our decision off of. Yeah, who would ever thought the day would come that pretty much all the news outlets would become like the National Enquirer, right? Like remember this National Enquirer was just, smut cruddy magazine that nobody believed and then all of a sudden we're like wait this is this is media today it's all just national Enquirer times 20 yeah totally well give us some strategies like i know especially if you're on the the entrepreneur side the small business owner side there are a lot of strategies that still do work today although they could change in the future Uh, but there's a lot that have worked for years and years that we've used right yeah. Um, let's talk about some of those, like some lesser known strategies that people aren't taking advantage of, or even ones that should be common knowledge, but people still aren't doing it. Yeah. Let's start with the basic one. You have to have the right entity structure and entity mm-hmm. refers to like just the legal creation of your business, LLCs, S corporations, C corp, sole proprietors. Those are all considered entities. Um, yeah. if you have the wrong entity structure, you're overpaying in taxes. So, uh, just most entrepreneurs probably need an S corporation in their structure somewhere. If you don't have one of those yet, you should talk to an accountant to look at your situation. That's the lowest hanging fruit. Literally nothing changes in the way you're running your business. It's just now considered an S corporation or whatever the right structure is. And, and you just save taxes. So that's the lowest hanging fruit because you don't really have to change your behavior. Um, Other than like an annual meeting, right? Which, it's yes. not hard to figure out. How not to hard it. to figure out how to document an annual meeting. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, when I go out of town, you know, to make my annual meeting out, out you know, away from home. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yes. It just happens that my annual meetings, uh, you know, coincide with family vacations, you know, uh-huh. whatever it works. Yeah. Okay. Another obvious one that is often overlooked is just the mindset of as an entrepreneur, what can I write off? Mm-hmm. Um, the tax code, this may be shocking to you, but uh, it isn't very clear. And they also <laughs> use words that also aren't very clear. So mm-hmm. the tax code tells us that you can write off anything that's ordinary and necessary. And people are like, I, well, based on my definition of order and necessary, or based on yours, government person who's trying to screw me out of my money, because yeah. we have different definitions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then they said, okay, we'll clarify it for you. Um, We'll tell you if it's helpful or appropriate. That, that should clarify it. No, actually, that doesn't clarify it. So here's the easiest way to think about it. 
if I'm spending a dollar, ask myself, is this related to my business in any form, shape, or fashion? As in direct revenue, supporting revenue, getting revenue, supporting mm -hmm. services that we offer, uh, inspiring me for services that I offer, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, some sort of expense that will result in me being a better person, training, education, those types of things. If it's related to the business, it's a write-off. That's the yeah. easiest way to think about it. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so does that mean I can write off a vacation? You better believe it. Uh, you want to document it the right way in case you're audited, but absolutely uh -huh. vacations are write-offs. Okay. Well, but how? Like, I just want to go play, right? Okay. Yeah. So with vacations, you have to be able to show that there's a business purpose to the vacation. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to do that, then your travel to the location, your expense while you're staying there and your mm -hmm. travel back, uh, those are all business deductions. And the fact that you're now traveling for business gives you business purpose to your meals, which then allows you to write off your meals. Right. Um, now, there may be some out there that are super conservative. The mm -hmm. technical rule <laughs> is that um, you can write off the expense for your company uh, for the business purpose. And what that means is, so let's say I am traveling with my family. Mm -hmm. If I fly on an airplane, technically I can only write off my airfare because, mm -hmm. well, in this case, I would be the only one part of my company. Now, mm -hmm. if my spouse is employed and my children are employed, uh, then they're all part of my company and I can write off the, all the plane tickets. Now, yeah. if I'm driving in the car with my family, the amount of mm -hmm. money I would spend on gas is the same, whether I have five people in the car or myself. Right. I could, I could write off the whole thing. And the same kind of, technically the same goes for your hotel stay as well. Mm -hmm. They would allow you to write off the single occupancy rate versus maybe you buy a bigger suite because your family's there. Um, yeah. But in most cases, having a room with, say, two doubles or two queens usually mm -hmm. is the same cost as a room that has like one, one king. Key. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's, I got a little technical. I do that sometimes. I apologize, but uh, that's oh, how you that's write great. off. That's how you write off travel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It has to be more than half the days. There has to be some sort of business uh, being conducted. Even if it's a matter of a few minutes in that day, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, if it, yeah, half of the business, half of the days of the trip have to be business related, but the benefit is, is if Friday is a business day and mm -hmm. Monday's a business day, Saturday mm -hmm. and Sunday by default are classified as business days, even if you don't do business on those days. Interesting. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. I've always, I always just said, oh, right, I can't count those. Oh, well, you know, just make sure I get the other days in there, but that's, that's a good point. Yeah. So if you're traveling, I mean, and you have a weekend in there, you're probably pretty mm -hmm. good that half your days are going to be business related. Awesome. That's great. What else can people do? Like, what are some other strategies that people are probably missing right now? Um, the one that we love the most that for some reason, accountants still don't talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. Now you can Google this and you're going to find a bunch of, like, there's a lot of information on this. We're not the only ones who talk about it anymore. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, still, I find a lot of people are like, well, I heard about your idea and I took it to my accountant and he said, you can't do that. I'm like, well, then why is he your accountant? <laughs> Uh, cause yeah. what I'm about to tell you, I have personally represented a client through an audit with the IRS mm -hmm. and this passed. Yeah. It's a, it's a legitimate strategy. It is often referred to as the Augusta rule, 
We yep. sometimes call it corporate rent, but uh, the Augusta rule is more widely known. Right. Um, and it'll make sense why we call it corporate rent because that's kind of the strategy that we're using with it. So mm-hmm. uh, a little story on the Augusta rule. In Georgia, Augusta, Georgia, every year there's a really large golf tournament called the Masters. Yep. And uh, I also don't know if people are aware of this, but most tax laws are created from wealthy people or companies who want special privileges. So they pay lobbyists to get them a special favored tax outcome. And that's why we have 70 some odd thousand pages of tax code. Right. Well, good for them. Use your money to save money on taxes and we will be a beneficiary of it. Thank you. So these guys were looking at it like, man, I have, I have a big home here. It's a very wealthy area and our city quadruples in size for about 10 days. Huh? Mm -hmm. I can make a ton of money by renting my house. Cause I know these guys are already paying a ridiculous fee just to, for the tickets to go to the golf tournament. I could probably charge a few thousand dollars a night. Mm-hmm. So, but they're like, ah, but I don't want to be taxed on that. So enter a lobbyist, enter the new tax rule. So there's this mm-hmm. tax rule that says, if you rent, if you have a property and you rent it for less than 14 days, you are not required to claim that income on your taxes. It is not considered taxable income. Right. Less than 14 days. So if you have a rental property and it's rented out and they're like, you have a tenant who's there for 30 days, this doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Less than 14 days. So we say, okay, well, go back to the IRS rules. What's ordinary and necessary? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we know that large corporations spend money renting uh, conference conference rooms or hotel rooms for business meetings okay, well, why can't the small business owner do this themselves? But instead Mm -hmm. of spending more money at a convention center or hotel, let's just have them rent their house from themselves. So the primary place that you live, because you're not renting that out, which Mm -hmm. means we're not worried, like we're not over 14 days yet. So the business signs a contract with you as the owner or tenant of the primary living space. And it says, I'm going to rent a space from you once a month to hold a company meeting. Because we mentioned annual meeting. Well, if you can have an annual meeting, you can have a monthly meeting. Right. Because it's ordinary and necessary. It's common in the industry. Businesses do it. The IRS can't be like, well, businesses don't have meetings. Uh, they tried mm-hmm. that. Anyways, it didn't work. <clears throat> so the business will pay you a rent fee. What that means is your business takes a rent expense, which reduces your taxable income. So you're paying Mm -hmm. less in taxes, but because you rent your house out for 12 days out of the month, because one month, right? One day a month, uh, we have some who have an extra holiday party, whatever you got a standard 14 days, but because you're under 14 days, you personally don't have to pick up that rental income on your taxes. So what we've done is we've basically taken money from your bank account, put it in your personal account, and all it did is reduce your taxes. It didn't, it's not a net zero. It's a, yeah. you get the benefit of the rent expense. Um, right. So really important because I've been through the audit with this. Mm-hmm. You have to have a paper trail. So you need a transaction that shows money. The money went from your business account to your personal account. It can't right. be, hey, if I'm charging $1,000 for rent and there's a $4,000 transaction on my bank account, that won't fly. It has to be for the exact dollar amount of your 
quote unquote contract with yourself. Yeah. And your meeting minutes, they do look at the meeting minutes that you log. Mm -hmm. um, it is very important that you do not just copy and paste your meeting logs from one month to the next, because mm. your business likely has specific things that you're working on. Um, yeah. and it wouldn't, it's less feasible for them to accept if every single month was the exact same. That's right. Um, so that's, those are the two most important things that, uh, helped us in the audit. And of course we just cited the tax rule to them. Um, and they're like, Oh, cause I, I don't know if people know this, but, uh, the IRS agents are actually trained on procedures and not tax law. What? All they know how to do. I know, right. All they know. How They're to not do, geniuses. No, they just know how to <laughs> freaking do the audits like the IRS wants them to. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's important to have an accountant because then they can defend and say like, I don't know what smoke you're cracking or crack you're smoking, <laughs> but uh, here's the tax law. Well, that tax law means this. No, it doesn't. Like, show me the tax law that's telling me your interpretation is accurate, and they can't. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's how the rule works. People might be wondering, well, how much can I rent the room? How much? How much can I rent it for? Yeah. Our our national average that we use is one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars for the day use, mm -hmm. um, and that is based on market rate of what a hotel likely would charge you for the same experience. You're mm -hmm. renting space, yes, but you're also renting full catering services because mm -hmm. your house has food. You're yep. also renting because we just looked at what do hotels upcharge for? Like Wi-Fi, things wi like that. Wi-Fi, right? multimedia, your television, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, including even silverware. They charge extra for silverware. <laughs> uh, furniture rental, like all of it are everything is a separate line item. So we recommend 1250 if you're unsure. If you mm -hmm. live in a more expensive area, uh, we recommend going to like a Verbo website, mm. finding a house equivalent in size close to your geographical area. Yeah. And if it's, if it's being rented out for more than the 1250 per day, mm -hmm. save that, eat, like save that screenshot, print it off. Um, Cause that's your support. If you're audited as to the market rate that you're charging yourself. But we have clients in New York, I had one in New York city itself who was able to charge $4,000 uh, because that's what a going rate was in, wow. in their market. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Well, I know I want to switch to another category really quick, but before we do, I, I want to ask this question because there's been a lot of debate and really looking online, you don't find a lot about it, but paying children, like paying minors, right? What's the actual uh, amount you can pay your minor that still is tax-free to them and is still right off for you? So the maximum amount currently is based on the standard deduction. So it's always going to be based on the standard deduction, which Trump changed. Um, mm. It's currently $12,000 for many, many years before President Trump, it was uh, $6,500. Right. Um, or $6,000 maybe, but so currently mm. it's 12,000. So as of the listening of this, it hasn't been changed yet. Uh, it may, but if it, anyways, 12,000 is the max where they wouldn't pay taxes. Yeah. But I will say this, if they, if you're in a tax bracket, that's higher than 10%. Yeah. Sometimes it makes sense to have them pay some taxes because yeah. their first tax bracket is going to be 10%. And yeah. if you're yours might 35 be or 40%. Or yeah, exactly. Yep. 
you at least saved the 30 to you know 20 to 30% taxes yeah. just by paying them. And then of course they use their money, et cetera. Um, obviously paying yeah. their kids, we could probably spend a whole hour talking about the in and outs, but 12,000 is currently the number. That's good to know because a lot of times I've been looking online and for the few sites you can find, there's different numbers coming out. You hear like 12,000 one site, another might say 12,500 or someone say 12,900 in 2022. And all these numbers being popped out. You're like, where are you getting these numbers from? Cause I can't find any reference for it. Yeah. It's literally the standard deduction, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Cause that, cause every taxpayer, including your child, who's like eight years old, mm-hmm. gets the standard deduction on if they file yeah. a tax return. So that the number will always be the standard deduction. Now you could contribute to an IRA for them, which gives you sure. another up to 6,000 ish uh, to do, but you know, you and I have probably some feelings about that. So it better be self-directed if you're going to do that. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Eight-year-old son, you know, I can't wait for you to, well, wait another 50 years before you can touch this money. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. if they don't change the rules in 50 years, because that never happens, right? No, they probably will be the same in 50 years as they are right now. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. They never the tax could be 150,000 pages by then. Nah, I don't <laughs> nah that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so before I go into this next little section here, uh, really quick, like people have questions, and I know there's gonna be a whole bunch of questions coming from this going through people's minds. What's the best way they could reach out to you guys? Yeah, so our website's the best place. Um, it's insighttax.com. And that's I-N-C-I-T-E-T-A-X.com. We have a contact us page. Uh, we're very responsive. Um, that's the best place. That's the best. And that's the best thing. Yeah. Well, and we'll put that in the show notes too. So people can access it. Kids are driving. We don't want them you know, right. crashing, trying to write C-I-T-E with insight, right? Right. So if you misspell awesome. it, it will redirect to our website though. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. So really quickly, because I know we're kind of, we're going longer than usual, but I know this is a topic people love so much. Um, but I want to go a little bit into profit first, because I know you guys specialize in that specifically. Uh, we had Mike Michalowicz on last year in 2021, and, and it was a great show. But uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys use profit first, because you mentioned you worked with the company that you know made $30 million and then went bankrupt, which is a big example of why profit first is so important, right? Yeah, that company experience was actually my poster child for why Profit First is so needed. Because um, yeah, yeah. they, they felt for the normal human wiring that we have, which a philosopher has called Parkinson's Law. Um, mm-hmm. Not the same as the guy who has the disease. Mm-hmm. Like, right? This is a different Parkinson's. Um, but Parkinson's Law states that, that the demand for something will continue to expand to match the supply. So let me reinterpret that for how, what that means with our money. Think of your business bank account as a giant pile of supply. The Mm -hmm. demand to spend that pile of cash will continue to increase until you no longer have cash available to spend. So part uh, so profit first helps us create a fake reality that we have less money to spend than we really do basically by setting up envelopes, the envelope system, but in separate business bank accounts. And these different Mm -hmm. business bank accounts are gonna have specific purposes. And once a week or twice a month, you sit down and you take money that has been deposited into your business income account and you put it into these different envelopes, these different 
Mike Michalowicz calls them smaller plates, um, yeah. but really he's they're separate bank accounts. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a game changer. I've been doing it for gosh, six years now. I've been a mastery level profit first professional for um, about five years. I'm actually going to go to the final four with Mike this year. It's a good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the system. It's a game changer for me. And I can tell mm-hmm. you, so we have deal with a lot of gym owners. And um, if you're not familiar, a lot of gyms were hit, were restaurants hit the hardest in my opinion, but gyms were second hit hardest when it came yeah. to COVID because mm-hmm. it's the first time governments forced them to be closed. Right. Um, all of our clients who were running the profit first system prior to the COVID pandemic, mm-hmm. they're still in business. They were able yeah. to weather the storm because of the cash flow management they had and the way the different envelopes work. Um, it, to me, there's no better testament to the success of the strategy than being able to survive something like that. I mean, we have some gyms that went six months without being able to open their doors. And if wow. you're a gym, it's really hard to charge your clients money when they can't yeah. actually use the service. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. crazy. That, that's a huge testament to it for sure. I mean, because there are so many people that didn't realize as a business owner, you think you have all this freedom and power and control over your money and revenue and everything else. And then you become non-essential all of a sudden, right? right. And, and now even business owners can get shut down, not just people with jobs. You don't just get laid off. You can get laid off as a business owner just because you're non-essential. Yeah. And it's not even non-essential. They, government said that they were a serious risk. They were super spreaders. Yeah, of course, because, you know, getting healthier, that's, you don't want to do that during a pandemic, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, I owned a gym. I sold it a few months ago, but I owned a gym during COVID and I can tell you no place was cleaner than our gym. <laughs> like we cleaned it in between every single class. We had the mm-hmm. members clean off every equipment they touched. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, my wife is super OCD when it comes to stuff like that. And our house and our gym was cleaner than our house. But anyways, I digress. I'll go on a tangent about how government kind of had some overreach there, but whatever. For sure. <laughs> well, I'll tell you from my own experience, like doing those, those different plates, right. Or the different, you know, accounts, you know, savings and things like that has been awesome. Cause I was like a person that just kind of threw it all in an account. You spend it, you pay your, your wages out of it. And it was fine. It was profitable, but being able to actually say, no, this is going to be profit, like real profit. Like this is not money to be investing in the business. This is coming out of the business which is a big thing we teach here. I just had an episode talking about the entrepreneur trap where people always reinvest in their business over and over, and then they never get out of their own rat race. They create their own rat race inside of the business, right? And you know, be able to do that and be able to have one for taxes and be able to have one for expenses, you know, and operational things. And it was so nice to be able to say, oh, I can see not just from my P&L where it's going, but now I can see it in the accounts where it's going too. Yeah. And with that, I mean, I can tell you so many business owners get themselves in trouble because of the tax scenario, because they're in that rat race you're talking about and just like reinvesting all the time. When we get to the end of the year and we're the guys who now are the deliver of bad news, like congratulations, you had a successful year. We've minimized Uh your taxes as much as possible. Congratulations, but you still owe money. Oh, what? Mm -hmm. How did I make that much money? There's no possible way. Where's that money? Like, well, now- by setting it aside, you know, basically at least 24 times a year, but if you're on doing it every week, 52 times a year, it's such a small amount. You don't yeah. feel it, right? You're right. still able to make the right, the same decisions on running your company. But then at the end of the year, you look at this account and you're like, 
oh, good. Look how much money I've already saved to cover my taxes. Because mm-hmm. um, again, look, I don't want anyone to pay more than they have to. But if you're listening to people like Chris, you're going to be successful and you're going to have taxable income. There's just no way around it. Right. Uh, and it, how the system works. I don't like it, but we have to deal with it. So you like set aside the money as you go. It's so much less painful than like, I'm going to come up with 15 grand. I don't know. But if I was mm-hmm. setting aside, you know, a few hundred bucks every week. Yeah. I don't miss that. Yeah, exactly. Well, John, this has been awesome stuff. I really appreciate, you know, your time and knowledge and way, I know you have way more knowledge than we even gave people just a little snippet of today. So, uh, Again, everybody invite you to go visit insighttax.com. We'll put that in the show notes, but check that out. You know, if you're looking for a CPA or even look for a second opinion, hey, try them out. See what, see what you find, see how quickly they'll respond to you. You know, we'll actually put them to the test, see if they actually do communicate with you or not, or, uh, you know, or if it goes to your spam folder, we'll see which one. But uh, anyways, guys, uh, again, John, thank you so much for your time. Thanks everybody. for having me, Chris. You know, it's not, it's not just about listening to this stuff. It's about doing something about it, getting these things to work in your life. So go and take action with this information you've been given. Go and make it a prosperous week. And we'll see you later. Hey! Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.